Welcome to the Native Diamond Podcast. Oh, shit! What you waiting for? Please don't forget to like, like the, video, the video, hit subscribe, ring the bell. That way you're notified every time I drop a new episode of Native, Native Diamond, Diamond Podcast. Podcast. What's going on, guys? Seth Mick here. Welcome to Native Diamond Podcast. Today I have a very special guest from the band For Token, actually the whole band. So thank you guys for joining us. Glad to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. So we have Steve and Dan. And Steve plays guitar. Dan is the vocalist. You got it. That's correct. All right. So I figured that we'd start off with some random questions and you can get to know these guys. Don't put any thought into these. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. We'll start off with Steve. Best candy bar. What you got? Snickers. I think that's, <laughs> that's just because that first, that's the first candy bar that popped in my head. <laughs> that's perfect. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. All right, Dan. Metallica or Slayer? I'm going to go with Metallica. It's probably contrary. Um, I just, uh, I, I feel like they've got a little bit more diversity in terms of their songs. Um, probably opening up a lot of uh, hate with that, but. Uh, I'll agree with that too, actually. All right. Well, never mind. That's why we get along, I guess. <laughs> 80s Metallica. Yeah. I mean, because they got a big catalog, you know? Yeah. Slayer is Slayer. I love Slayer, though, too, but it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you had to pick one, though. Right. So. Good pick, good pick. That's what I would have picked. All right. So, Steve. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Cannibal Corpse. I actually do like the Black Dahlia Murder too, but Cannibal Corpse has like a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Very understandable. All right, Dan, I don't know if you're a wrestling guy, but I threw this one in here. WWF or WCW? I'm not a wrestling guy, but I guess I would go with WWF or a WWE as it is now. So <laughs> I'll just say that one because I know what it is. Right. I threw that one in there because one of my brothers, he's into like the older wrestling. He watches like all the 90s matches. It's funny. But anyway, so Steve, Wall of Death or Circle Pit? Circle Pit. Good pick. I like like Circle Pit riffs. Dan, Sick Breakdown or Sick Solo? Solo, definitely. Breakdowns aren't really my thing. I'd prefer to hear somebody noodling and showing off their virtuosity. So, Unless it's like a dying fetus breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's exceptions, but if we're doing a general, <laughs> you know, yeah. answer, that's what I would say. All right, cool. Steve, horror movie or comedy? Horror movie. Uh, anyone in particular? Definitely. Oh, man, that's The Shining, because I'm reading the book right now, actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's really But cool. that's like one of my favorite movies, too. Right on. Dan, I'm going to ask you the last one since we started with Steve. Uh, let's see, Marvel or DC Comics? What you got? Oh, that's hard. Um, I actually want to say, like, my knee-jerk reaction is Marvel, but I'm going to say DC because they've got a lot of more complex story plots. Um, Marvel is it, like, hey, I can do a thing there's not really a lot of consequences to it. DC is darker in terms of its look inward at society and the ultimate impact of things. And it's, it's just a lot more interesting in terms of where they go with those characters. Um, even if they're, you know, they've only got like, what, like 10 of them tops, you know, Marvel just keeps shitting them out. So, you know, they've got endless supplies. All right. I like that. I like how you gave why I, I have to have the why in there, you know, but anyway, I don't like that's the movie, a- though. 
Yeah. <laughs> the movies are awful, yeah, except for the Batman uh, trilogy. Those are those are fine, but everything else is crap. Yeah, they're pretty shit. But yeah, I like the answers. So anyway, that was my random icebreaker questions. Thank you guys for playing. All right, so I want to know more about Ruin. How long did it take? A year and a half to two years, something like that. I mean, it was kind of like a um, a lot of time in between. Like I, I probably could have done it faster. Like we probably could have done it a little bit faster, but it just kind of like was like a we kind of took our time. I wanted to make it perfect. It turned out pretty good, I think. <laughs> it's really good, man. <laughs> I don't want to leave you on eggshells. I really enjoyed it. So that way we can break the ice on that. But um, yeah, basically what caught my attention was you guys sound so polished to be such a new group. Obviously, do you guys have a lot of chemistry together? Like, do you have you guys been playing together for a while? Actually, yes. Uh, Dan and I have been in bands since probably, what, 2006 or uh, something like that? Yeah, it's kind of a blur. Yeah, um, we were in our previous band was Saiga. I mean, Saiga is still a band, but we haven't done anything in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, that's kind of they're kind of like it's kind of like a tech death band. And then the other reason I would say is probably because Hannes <laughs> played drums on our album. <laughs> Part of the reason it sounds pretty polished. Right. So, what's your relationship with him? This whole project kind of started out as like a just a bedroom studio solo thing and then I got Dan to do vocals and then um it kind of started to get a little more serious and we're like okay maybe we should actually put something out and then jokingly one day I mentioned getting Hannes Grossman to play drums and um Dan was like like no actually we should (laughs) let's do it (laughs) why not right yeah Mm -hmm. and so we just hired we hired him Mm -hmm. as a session drummer so uh as Steve mentioned um Saiga, that that is our tech death project. It sounds kind of like in the vein of early hour of penance or cryptopsy, or early cryptopsy. Not like was it once was not where Mike was doing that? Is that the album? Um, basically everything before uh, Whisper Supremacy and earlier. Yeah, my chronology is all wonky, so I'm yeah just deferring to Steve on that one. But yeah, that's kind of like generally how it sounds. I. I We've heard it's comparable to Spawn of Possession too, which is, I think, a very generous comparison. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of around that. So we we were in, uh, or we are, uh, in still in Saiga, and we've been in that band for what over like you know, ten plus years now. So that's given us the ability to just be able to understand what each of us are probably going to do in terms of him writing stuff and me doing vocals. Um, so it just made the process of working together for, for Token a lot easier. And then you were asking about other bands that we're in. Steve is actually in a few other bands. Um, I'm not in a part of those, but uh, you want to kind of talk about the Day of the Beast a little bit, Steve? Yeah, um, my other active band is the Day of the Beast. We're like a thrash, like evil thrash band. And we've been together for probably about a little over 10 years now, but I've only been in the band for probably eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can look up the Day of the Beast too. We're actually kind of in the middle of tracking some some new songs right now for a new album. Evil thrash type stuff. So yeah, go check out the Day of the Beast. I know a lot of listeners will enjoy that. Explain some themes from the album. What would be your sales pitch? Let's just say this is your vehicle. How would you sell it to people? Yeah, I, I can take that one, Steve. Yeah, so, that sounds um, like a cool question. Yeah, that's a, that's a me question. Um, so basically, what we're doing with this album, and it's I guess conceptually what we aim to do with future albums as well 
is we're taking the sub or the title of the album. Uh, in this case, it was Ruin, and we're applying it and exploring that idea in terms of how it is um, impacting different characters in mythology from all around the world. And so, because we have no boundaries really in terms of cultural um, uh, origins for the stories, you know, we can draw from you know Celtic or um, Native American or Nordic, or we can really expand and, and kind of just revisit all of these stories that kind of have been popular in, in, in the past and, and see how what they're going through is actually quite relevant uh, in today's life. Um, like, so Ruin, it's just talking about how these characters are brought low at their life and they're exploring exactly how they're gonna get out of that. If they do get out of it, not a lot of them do, spoilers on that part. But that's kind of what we're doing with this album is just we're retelling the human experience uh, through myth. Mm -hmm. Are there any myths in particular that you guys kind of like fall back to maybe? That was challenging. Uh, so in, in college, I took a lot of courses on classical studies and classical studies kind of works around Greek mythology. But I didn't want us to become like, a, you know, ex XDO band or something like that, where, or where it's kind of really focused or a monomarth. It's like, those are Vikings. Those are, it's around Roman stuff. I felt that that was constricting, not to say that what they're doing, you know, isn't cool in its own right. I think it is, but for us, we wanted to be a little bit more nimble in terms of what we could do. So I kind of naturally gravitate towards uh, Greek uh, inspired mythology. And I keep having to slap myself basically because it's like, I want to write about, uh, I already got one or two on that. So I, I got to keep moving. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a, been teaching me to be a little bit more open. I'm doing a lot of research in terms of what other different stories I can tell. Um, and it's just a, it's a pretty cool thing to, uh, to tackle in terms of subject matter. That's really cool. So any cool stories that stand out in particular that you could share with us? Um, one in particular, I guess, uh, because it, we didn't have too many original stories, but I still wanted to include them. It's kind of like a nod to the X-Files, how they always had the uh, monster of the week kind of thing. So I kind of brought mm -hmm. that into it. And uh, there's one story, it's the first song on the album. Um, it's called uh, Bewildering Duress and explores the idea of um, the Wendigo. And so um, the Wendigo, for those who don't know, it's about uh, somebody who eats human flesh and they inevitably turn into a monster and they continue to feed on human flesh. So um, in different stories, the Wendigo is either a spirit that compels people to do terrible things that eventually eat people, or it's literally a manifestation of some sort of beast that will eat human flesh. So I took some liberties with this and kind of combined the two together. And I did look up the, uh, the Swift Runner uh, myth, which is what one of the more popular Wendigo uh, you know, myths is. And so what I did was I tried to retell this story in a more contemporary way. Um, so there are some kind of literary allusions to becoming like a new parent or being surrounded by your loved ones. And there's this, let's just call it like an ominous, like dark spot in your life. And, and you don't know what it is. And you're afraid that you're inevitably going to harm or potentially harm your, your family. And that's what happens to the character in the story is he, he becomes um, psychotic and, and it's almost like a shining. Um, he, he breaks down and, and he's brought to a dark place uh, because of the spirit, or maybe it's not because of the spirit. And that's kind of up to the listener to, or the reader of the lyrics to decide. Wow, that's really that one's cool. pretty dark. <laughs> that, that's dope. I have a question for Steve. I was looking at your uh, about section on Facebook and it says your description is music, composition, and guitar. Explain the composition part of it. Are you like using keyboards uh, on a DAW system or what are you doing? 
Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, um, I started off basically my writing process is I write riffs and then come up with the skeleton of the song idea and then kind of go over top of the song after it's finished, you know, finished as far as like the drums are written and the guitars and the bass and all that. And then I just kind of use the symphonic elements as more like a, I guess you can kind of think of it as like a painting. Mm -hmm. I still wanted the guitars to shine on the album. But yeah, and I kind of just start off with the string section and then I just kind of add on to it and add on to it and add on to it and try not to overdo it, <laughs> basically. And then, yeah, somehow it just ends up working out. You did a really good job on the album. I was really impressed. Uh, do you draw from like Nightwish, like Tuomas or whatever? Um, you know, how he kind of does all the music. Are you inspired by people like that or? Yeah, um, honestly, and as, as much... Um, I guess crap as people talk about winter sun especially because they're always uh i mean people always assume that they want to take all their fans money i guess <laughs> but um yari is definitely a pretty big influence of mine and he's kind of like a one-man show but i mean i didn't want it to, to present it that way i didn't want everyone to be like oh you know steve's the mastermind or anything like that mm, yeah. um because i definitely like dan's uh singing and his lyrics like brought those songs to life so and then obviously Hannes, um, Hannes's drum parts, like I kind of wrote the drums, but Hannes took them, took it to like a whole nother level because I mean, I'm not a drummer, so <laughs> my drum idea is a crap, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, that's pretty much the process and yeah, people like that definitely inspire me. Honestly, when that last Winter Sun album came out and it was, uh, I was just like looked at the credits and it was just like yar 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 yar, and I found out it was a lot of it was recorded like in his apartment and stuff. It was kind of like it kind of like inspired me, like man, I could I could do that in my bedroom. <laughs> this is actually the first time I've ever written anything with like symphonic, you know, orchestral elements in there. So, do you guys see this more like a passion project, or do you guys plan on taking this to the road, or what's your intentions? I would really like to to play live. Um, I've actually I practice the songs on a regular basis just so I don't forget them. And I mean, I've had multiple musicians ask if they, you know, if I ever wanted to play live, that they would, you know, play with me. So, yeah, I mean, that's something I would really like to do. I don't know how Dan feels about that, but. Um, I think it would be really fun. And I kind of, I hope we do it at least once. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? Uh, what do you, what do you want to do with the band as far as touring? Um, I mean, it, it's logistically, there's a lot going on with it um, for us to be able to pull it off because of the orchestral elements to it. We, you know, set the bar really high with what the drumming is for. So we would have to find somebody who is able to do something comparable um, to that. Uh, so that, that would be a challenge as, as, as well. I just feel like there's a lot of elements in terms of, uh, you know, what we would have to do to, you know, set up any sort of shows and, and get the right, uh, you know, get the right venue, uh, get the right system to, you know, so that we, we could leverage that system. So uh, just, I would be on board with it is my very long-winded answer, but uh, it would require an extensive amount of planning. I think for it to, in order to, Kind of capture what we're trying to do we would have to put a lot a lot of effort into making it work yeah some in-ear monitors and some uh a backing track basically fortunately i don't think we can afford a real orchestra but. are you guys uh very well rehearsed playing live do you guys are you guys kind of used to that uh, i would say so i mean dan and i we played tons of shows with saiga together um you know that was that used to be 
you know, the thing that we did all the time that we did the most. I mean, we only put out one album, but we played countless shows together. So yeah, definitely. Um, we did, we practiced a lot and yeah, I think we would probably be able to pull it off. It would take a lot of effort. So I have to ask, do you guys pull more from black metal or death metal? Cause I've seen that you kind of cross both. I like both. Uh, I'm always been leaned more towards death metal. Just because, I mean, one of the biggest, most important albums to me is probably None So Vile by Cryptopsy. That's like one of my favorite albums ever. That album like kind of changed my life when I first heard it when I was like younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I still like black metal. Uh, certain bands are really good. So it's a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely intentionally played some black metal on the Four Token album. I would say Bewildering, Bewildering Dress is definitely one that I was heavily inspired by Isan. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Uh, what about you, Dan, on the vocals? What influences do you pull from? Honestly, I, I try not to pull from any of them. And that might sound kind of like a weird answer. But the reason is because I don't want to sound like everybody else. If you listen to a lot of stuff, then you're going to try to mimic them, whether that's a conscious decision or not. And so, of course, I still listen to metal, but I never go into it thinking I have to sound like this or I want to do like this so I can kind of check off boxes. So uh, I guess it, to kind of go a little bit back, what first inspired me to be a metal vocalist was Nergal and uh, honestly, uh, Johan Hedge uh, from Amon and Marth and, you know, Behemoth. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of was inspired by their ability to project and be this louder than life kind of entity on stage and over the course of you know playing uh shows with uh Saiga and, and Steve you know that I've kind of found my comfort zone in terms of what I'm able to do um vocally and I brought that into um into Four Token namely for two reasons um one uh, I think a mid-range is better for what we're doing because for the lyrics that I wrote specifically there's a lot of um like poetic rhyme scheme to it and that's going to sound completely different in a mid-range versus if you do like a more guttural run it's going to be like a barking dog versus like you can actually hear a flow to it and there's alliteration and assonance that really kind of um, go through and so uh, that's what I wanted to shine through the most was those rhythms and not so much like a really heavy dark like that sounds brutal as shit which I still wanted to have but you know I didn't want to sacrifice um, the ability for listeners to actually hear what I was saying. Right on. So you mentioned like not really trying to listen to too much because you, you know, inadvertently pull from those influences. Do you listen to any other genres? I like synthwave, actually. <laughs> I like like retro sounding, 80s sounding, 8-bit kind of stuff. Um, if And I even like movie scores too, or I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, like it's like the two steps from hell stuff. It's like that pseudo theatrical stuff it, it kind of puts you into a, a space where you can just drift off so I, I like listening to, to that stuff if I'm not listening to metal what about you Steve no only metal no I'm just <laughs> kidding metal. um I you know I've actually been listening to a lot of classical music lately I've been listening to a lot of Shostakovich um it's kind of like chaotic Russian classical music um to be honest uh, my my girlfriend and I both or she's really into like a lot of musicals and stuff so I've been kind of I'll go ahead and admit it. I know it's not the most metal thing in the world, but I've been listening to like the Les Mis soundtrack song. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just really good. Hey, we um, all have something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I used to listen to more, I guess, old school hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't really anymore. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I am, in, you know, when I'm listening to Spotify or work or something, it's metal. 
<laughs> usually. I listen to a lot of metal. I mean, being a metal podcast is like hard not to have it on rotation because I have to check out into this band, that band, whatever. That's kind of my thing. But I want to ask this question for you, both of you. Is there anything that you would change about the metal community? Like any specific pet peeves right now? I guess I would say elitism, but I don't think that's ever going to change. <laughs> um, that's That's my main complaint, I think. It's either you have to be, your recordings have to sound like crap in certain crowds. Like if if your recording doesn't sound like crap, they don't like you. Um, or if, you know, if you're too polished, they call you a poser. Um, kind of like the, the opposite in other crowds. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my main complaint, I think. What about you, Dan? What do you think? I guess I would say something similar to Steve, which is the rigidity of the community, which is there's an expectation that there's going to be a certain sound or a certain drum snare or, you know, certain guitar tones or lyrical themes. Um, I think experimentation in terms of adding new elements to music is good. I mean, just look at, you know, let's look at the new Cattle Decapitation uh, album. Like everyone's saying, oh, the, the vocals are fucking awesome. You know, they're sick. Mm-hmm. Reincorporation of that style and Travis Ryan has really made it his own and people are kind of giving him the, the pat on the back for it. And I think it's really awesome that he's doing it, but it really takes somebody to say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to ignore convention and I'm going to do something new. And if it succeeds, it's awesome. But if it fails, then people will say like, well, fuck it, that's not metal. So it's it's kind of a weird dichotomy between the two. So I have to ask this question because um, I kind of get this from some people on my Instagram. But like, do you think like making money through your music, do you think that's selling out? Or do you think it's, hey, man, it's just a business? What are your thoughts? I would say it's, it's almost impossible to make money off your music nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't think it's selling out. Um, especially if you invested a lot of time and money into something. And that's pretty much my opinion on it. I mean, I think it's definitely not selling out. Uh, as long as you're, if you're asking for money and as long as you keep providing a product, you know, keep pumping out music, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. What you think, Dan? I mean, uh, for some professional musicians, that is how they put food on the table, right? So if they're going to, you know, make a license deal at target and now there's like their logo on a shirt i can't fault them for that you know they need that to basically develop a livelihood so you know that's that's what their prerogative is but on the other hand though i don't think that you can have it both ways where you can say like oh we're absolutely like you know die hard metal and then you go back and you do something that is contrary to that so i think that you just need to understand what you're trying to do in terms of what you're doing musically and your audience should have that understanding as well, because if it's more like a mainstream popular thing, then you, there's going to be some sacrifice in terms of this being a really cool album or this being like too catchy. There's going to be some concessions. So I think just being honest with yourself about what you're trying to do is important. How do you guys feel about mainstream metal? Do you think it's very important to the community? Is it something that we should support? Which bands? Are you talking about like maybe Slipknot? And- yeah, we'll just say Slipknot. Um, I guess, I mean, Trivium. I love Trivium, but, you know, they would kind of be in that category. I do think it's important. I mean... I feel like those bands are a stepping stone for the more extreme forms of metal. Um, I definitely don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they kind of need to be there because a lot of really underground metal bands aren't getting the exposure that those bands are getting. So those bands are the first band that some people hear that kind of gets them into metal. I agree with Steve. I, I think it helps um, get people 
interested in the genre. I mean, Slipknot, you, we just mentioned that. That was actually one of the bands that I wouldn't say got me into metal, but they released their first album when I was in high school. And it was like System of a Down and, uh, and Slipknot and uh, Cradle of Filth. And those all kind of brought me into the world of metal and to, to exploring in terms of what's out there. Darkest Hour 2, I think, was uh, also out when I was in high school. Um, but uh, it, it kind of opens doors for you in terms of you seeing, oh, there's people, I didn't necessarily like this about, let's say, XYZ band, but then you can go into this now expansive genre or genres and see other bands who are doing stuff, but not, you know, not including that thing that you didn't like. Uh, and then now that allows you to go further down that path and appreciate the music that much more. Um, but in terms of the importance of, um, let's call it just accessible metal, I think it's a good thing because if you think about what's a really good time um, when you go to a metal like concert or a big, big concert, and usually you're going to have like a Slipknot headliner, and that's just a fact, right? But mm -hmm. the people who open for them, they could be like a behemoth or they could be somebody else, Sepultura, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of have to have that uh, recognition of there is a need in the, of the ecosystem for all the different types of bands. Mm -hmm. I really like your answers. I feel like we're on the same page. Um, you know, I think that we need that mainstream, like you said, because it's like a gateway thing for other people to graduate into heavier things. Um, you kind of have to start with something soft, you know, and then you graduate, obviously, and, and naturally will happen. You'll find something heavier. Like what were some of your game changing albums in your childhood? That's funny you mentioned uh like a stepping stone. I, I specifically remember when I was in like seventh grade and I went into like a uh, music store. I don't remember which music store, but I listened to it. I listened to a Morbid Angel album. And like at the time it was just like, like I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. And I actually, I think one of the first, I guess you could, you know, heavier bands that I got into was probably Pantera. Um, and I mean, Dimebag Daryl was one of the, my biggest influences when I first started playing guitar. Um, still is a pretty big influence. I don't necessarily incorporate much of his style into my music now, but um, definitely inspiration. Um, but as far as like albums that really got me into extreme metal, I mean, I feel like None So Vile by Cryptopsy was one. Midian by Cradle of Filth was another one. That may have actually come before I heard Cryptopsy. I think Cthulhu Dawn was the song that I heard that was like, wow, this is really evil. And I was probably in like 10th grade or something mm -hmm. when I really started getting into more extreme metal. Um, I know there's like a lot of kids in the middle scene like I was born with a mayhem t-shirt on but uh <laughs> but yeah I mean that was about 10th grade I guess was when I really started getting into it game changers uh I guess really any of early Nile was kind of a game changer for me because I was at a, a party in, in college and then this guy goes hey what do you think of this that was just a mind-blowing experience and then that kind of opened up the path of oh you've okay what do you think of Nile well what do you think of origin what do you think of you know and it just kept on going and going and going but that was the first punch in the face in terms of me hearing these different types of bands that I wasn't necessarily more aware of so I would say that one was kind of a game changer because it made me recognize how I didn't know as much as I thought I did in terms of uh in terms of metal you know at what point do you guys feel like you're satisfied with your music uh do you guys feel like you've accomplished that with this album or do you feel like you you got to do another one to feel that accomplishment how do you guys feel now that uh, i've listened to it like 10 million times um <laughs> there are some things i'd i'd do differently i mean this is the first time i've ever 
written anything with like symphonic elements. And there's a couple things. I mean, I think I got better as I was writing it at doing that, but there's definitely some things that I feel like I could have, if I could go back and redo them, maybe I would. But I mean, I'm overall really happy with it. I mean, it's better than I ever expected it to, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, it's always good to push yourself. So I think on the next album, we'll probably push ourselves even harder. If I was going to change something about it, uh, at least in terms of my perspective, like what I could contribute, uh, I would want to probably explore using more backing vocals uh, to just give a little bit more accent to some of the parts in the songs. Candidly, I didn't really think to include them off the bat. It was more like an afterthought. Um, and then in terms of, uh, you know, trying to think of a way to incorporate them, I was trying to do this, let's just say Jekyll and Hyde style thing. So if you go back and, and listen to the songs, the lower vocals are meant to be from another character or from some sort of, you know, monster character. Uh, and so it's literally like the antagonist and the antagonist are talking to one another. Um, I probably could have done that a little bit better. Um, and that's probably what I'll do for the next album. Wrap it all up into one thing. Are you doing it for pride? Are you doing it like, what are you doing it for? To prove to myself that I can do something like that. Because I mean, I've always played with, in bands with friends. Uh, people, you know, I've never really, I've never really like sent my music to someone else to play, play their music over. Um, especially, you know, I, it was a pretty big step for me to send, to send my raw guitar tracks and stuff to Hannes Grossman because, I mean, he's like one of the best drummers in metal. So it was kind of like nerve wracking. Honestly, it was kind of raising the bar and seeing if I could do it. What I mean by that is, you know, writing um, things that are a little bit harder to uh, to do. And what I mean by that is some of the tracks, you know, you mentioned that you heard the, the album. We've got some some tracks that are like 10, 12 minutes long. And <laughs> those are long, like by, by death metal standards mm -hmm. or, you know, melodic death metal standards, those are super long. And so to try to um, write something, and then also in terms of the vocal, um, you know, accompaniment, to try to keep the listener engaged for that long was kind of my challenge. So I just wanted to, see if I could do it. Is this even possible? Can it even be good? And uh, I'd like to think that people would say it is pretty good or, you know, it's not that bad. Um, I'll take either one of those. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing I've never done before is uh, write songs that are that long. <laughs> but when you guys recorded the drums, did he track the drums first and then you guys went in and did the other parts? I basically recorded everything and then sent them to him and he went and uh, drums over it. I went back after I had his drum tracks and touched up some of the guitar parts just to make them sound tighter together with the drums. It was mostly all all done and I gave it to him. He actually suggested a few changes in the songs that we thought were like good ideas. So. so you're like recording process. You guys went to which studio to record? <laughs> the downstairs bedroom in my house. <laughs> <laughs> We built like a vocal booth in the closet. I mean, I have some pretty good microphones. The guitars, I, you know, I've done a lot of reamping and stuff with, you know, real amp and speaker cabinets and microphones. And I could, you know, I did it so much that I like drove, my, drove myself insane trying to get like the perfect guitar tone. And then eventually I ended up using my Axe FX. I'll do a plug for Fractal Audio <laughs> in here. But uh, yeah, I ended up using the Axe FX and reamping with the Axe FX. And I was like blown away by how good it sounds. And so it's not even, it's not even a real amp on that. Um, or real speaker but it sounds awesome so that's um, incredible honestly 
I mean, I wouldn't have guessed it went it was as far as recording it in your, you know, makeshift studio. That's really cool. And I applaud that a lot because a lot of my friends are actually doing that. Well, I can also mention that we did end up sending it to Jacob Hansen mm-hmm. um, to master and he did a little bit. He mixed the drums and mastered. You contributed to the mastering as well. So, or sorry. Well, mix- yeah, I mean, I did do, I, I did a lot, but Jacob Hansen put his, uh, got his like hands on it and made it sound yeah, yeah. even better. So <laughs> stuck dan in the closet and closed the door and told him to scream and (laughs) are you guys planning on a you know a follow-up album now that you're finished are you guys just gonna take a hiatus for a little bit and just hang out Uh, i'm already writing for a new one so yeah that's definitely that's definitely happening well that's really uh, dan's already got themes that he wants the songs you know written around so dude that's (laughs) awesome what's the newest album that you guys checked out lately i actually have been really enjoying the new album by Igor. Mm-hmm. I think that's really badass in terms of what he's doing. Um, and he also brought in, you know, George from Cannibal Corpse too, which was pretty, pretty cool. Cause like, I didn't, you know, read up on it. And then like that track came up and then it was, wait a second, is that, is that Corpse Rider <laughs> on there? That's, that's fucking awesome. So um, that was, that was pretty cool um, track to, to kind of stumble upon. And then also just the album is really badass. Um, if we're talking, you know, what I've been listening to, let's say within the last like week. Mm-hmm. So I've been really into that new Wolfheart album, actually. That just came out and that's really good and epic. Kind of reminds me of like a more intense, maybe slightly less mainstream sounding Amonomarth, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been jamming on this week. Those are two very solid albums. Like I like Igor, like he said, with Corpse Grinder. That that surprised me as well. And I, I like what Igor is doing as far as bringing in other instruments, the gypsy strings and violins and stuff. So I, I really enjoy that. And yeah, Wolfheart is pretty solid Finnish metal. Do you, do you guys listen to a lot of Finnish metal? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's probably a lot that I don't know, <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of Finnish bands. My other band, The Day of the Beast, is uh, covering... Impaled Nazarene, an Impaled Nazarene song. <laughs> uh, not exactly epic metal, but more like evil, evil thrash metal. Any final thoughts that you guys want to tell any viewers, anybody listening, anything you want to say before you head out? Check out our social media pages. <laughs> Listen to the album, and if you like it, you can pre-order it for like five bucks. Actually, it's out tomorrow, so you can buy it for like five bucks. But you can pay more if you want. But yeah, it's only like five bucks on Bandcamp. Bandcamp is rolling back their uh, their take from artists so artists get 100% of the album sales so if uh, if you get the chance you know check it out um if this is if you watch this later on um you know just pay attention to bandcamp just in general i think that that's where if you really like metal and other underground acts check that out that's like the last bastion for original stuff coming out because nowadays it's just uh it's, it's very hard to to get out and to to break through um the noise uh because there's just so many bands out there and and i think Bandcamp is a great uh place to it's a great platform to um to check out a lot of bands and and if you come across them you can throw them five bucks it's like going to a, a virtual show and you know you're picking up a cd on the way out the door so i would just say you know check out Bandcamp uh if you're not already checking it out you guys will be able to check out ruin their entire album which releases today uh technically because i'm viewing this tomorrow (laughs) but um yeah i really appreciate you guys uh you know being on the show you guys are very polished and i feel like you're gonna grow and people once they figure out what you guys sound like they're gonna be a fan so you know i really wanted to plug you guys i'm very impressed with your music and it's crazy that you guys did it out of a closet basically (laughs) um (laughs) I was, you know, I was really blown away by the album. You guys killed it, guys. I mean, there's no other words for that. (laughs) Thank you so much. 
Thanks for um, having us on here. Thanks for like the opportunity. We don't do a whole lot of interviews, but I guess maybe mm-hmm. we will now. No, nah, man. Uh, you know, I'm trying to give back to the metal community. I don't do this for money, obviously. I just figured it'd be a good platform to share cool bands that are up and coming because there's so much saturation in the metal scene. You know, it's kind of hard to find good music because there's so freaking many. You don't know like who to check out. Really, I know, it's you know? insane. And it's like you don't, we don't want our album to just disappear in the sea of, of metal bands. <laughs> right. And, you know, podcasting is a great platform for, you know, bands like yourself. And I would recommend, uh, you know, all bands really do that because it gives the listener an opportunity to get to know you guys on a different level than just, hey, listen to my fucking music. Hey, my album's out tomorrow or whatever, you know? That's important now, especially with social media the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think what people want now is just who's authentic. But, you know, you get it. Yeah. Let's leave with a, a fun question, okay? Since we started with a fun one, we're going to end with a fun one, okay? Hypothetically, we're on death row, okay? And they're allowing you one thing before your execution. What are you going to ask for? Hmm. We'll start off with Anything Steve. Anything in the world? Anything in the world. I'm such a gear nerd. I'll probably say a Mesa Boogie Mark 2C+. Plus. So I can play it a few times before I die. That was a terrible <laughs> answer. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I mean, hey, that's a very metal way to go out. I don't think anyone's mad at that. What, what Play about some Metallica you, riffs before I die. <laughs> there you go. I was thinking of something like as a joke, which is like you know, I, a rubber hat or something. And, and <laughs> but uh, if, if like, because they, they just take that away from me at the very end, you know, waste of a you know request. I don't know. Uh, just to listen to some good music and relax, you know, because... Who knows what happens next so at least you can go out uh having a good tune in your head right on man thank you guys so much uh so like i said ruin it's gonna be released today so go check it out for token i'll plug all these links below guys you can check out their band camp their social media stuff and these guys are really cool so i think you guys should give them a chance they are symphonic death metal from virginia that's all you need to know go check out ruin today thank you guys for being on the show i really appreciate it thanks man Thanks, Seth. Thanks for having us. Well, that pretty much does it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like the video and subscribe. That way you don't miss a new episode of Native Native Diamond Diamond Podcast. Podcast. And until I see you guys on a future video, shine Shine on.